Welcome to the Nuggets Inc. podcast presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. We got a special show for you today. We have a special guest, Burton Chowla, NBA insider, NBA renaissance man, just man about town. And we're going to talk about AG, everything you need to know about AG. Uh, After that, we dig into a bunch of other little news items. I think you're going to enjoy it. Going up next. And we are back for a special edition of the Nuggets Inc. podcast. We're here in Casa de Singer in South Denver. I'm not going to give the exact location. I don't want anybody egging his house or TPing his house or stealing his new car that he just got. The other one just got stolen. We don't need that to happen. We don't need that. No. Avoid that. Nice car, by the way. Honda. Yeah. Um, so Denver Post salary. Shout wh- out. Why is it special? Because we got ourselves... NBA insider, renaissance man, and AG confidant, Burton Chawa. Burton Chawa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, Denver's been a fun time. I've been here for a couple of days, and this is wasn't on my list under the agenda, but I'm excited I'm doing this. It's, it's legal here. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. legal in New York now, too. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. All right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's a great place What's to legal, be. Matt? What are we talking about? What are we referencing? All, all sorts of things. I, well, mushrooms now, I believe. Definitely voted for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you an insider story about psychedelics off air. Oh, mm, wow. Cool. You, you can't. Oh, wow. We just, I, why did we just do that to our listeners? That's, that's tough. The reason this is special is that we are going to talk about Aaron Gordon, who's playing fantastic right now, uh, some of the best basketball of his career. Would that be accurate, me saying that? Yeah, yeah. My, my my disposition is yeah. He, not just the last couple of games. I think all season, he's played great. Notwithstanding last night, he had four points last night in, in a blowout win. But yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree with that. I think he's reaching that sort of like peak of his career based on his age and experience in the league. But not just that. And maybe this is the insider information. Like he, this off season, he said out loud to himself, to, my, to me, to his agent, that it's time to like take this very, very seriously and, and approach it from a mental aspect, not just a physical, I'm f- as physically gifted as, you know, in the top 10%, I would argue, in the NBA. And I think that's his approach. I would also argue this, and I think I've said this to Singer offline a couple of times. I think the Joker and, and, and Coach Malone are a big part of that because they're smart basketball minds. And I think anytime in any profession, if you work with smart people, you start to get better at what you do. I, I think you could say that had Jamal and Murray not got injured a couple of years ago. Jamal and Porter. Yeah. But but Jamal at the end of that when remember the orgasmic experience there for about ten games when everybody looked fantastic, AG looked fantastic, the trade happens, it looks perfect. Had that not happened, maybe we get there quicker. Well you think that's do you think that's accurate? I think Mike and I talked about it in real time before Jamal got hurt. I think we were saying the Nuggets could win the championship. Right. right. When, when, when they made that trade for Aaron, they looked really good. It was a great fit. Uh, Jamal was playing some awesome basketball. And, yeah, I, I don't know if AG gets there individually uh, that year, but I think the team would have. And, and he has to play a very specific role, right? Defense, rebounding. Very. I said this to him before he got traded to, to the Nuggets. The Matrix, Sean Marion was the type of player he needed that's to a, be. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Right, like do do all the things that Steve Nash and Amari needed. Right, uh, guarding multiple things. positions, yep. up and down the lineup, um, and, and being able to make an open shot when you have to. Make that occasional three, right? Cut Especially off the ball. high leverage moments, yeah, for sure. The, the thing I want to interject is the, the order of operations that we've had from AG where you have this super high where everybody thinks that they are championship contenders, including the Nuggets. Michael Malone talked about there was a pinch me moment when they beat the LA Clippers uh, several years ago. They were like, man, we have a real chance to win the title if this team stays healthy. Um, then everything gets gutted. Jamal tears his ACL. Mike's out for the majority of last season. What happens in the ensuing year last year? Aaron Gordon, 
has to play a role that he's unaccustomed to. He has to play the lead defender. He has to play Joker's number two option. What happens in those moments when that happens? Your game becomes vulnerable. You become something that you're not, like a, a round hole into a square peg, and it doesn't fit. And so what happens when you come off of a season like that is, I believe, you look internally. You say, "How? where can I get better? How can I approach this upcoming season and be the best version of myself, knowing that I'm going to have the full complement of guys back? So the order of operations, I really think it's that AG had to just audit himself and audit his game going into this season. How could he best comport and fit with the pieces that are around him? Um, and what we're seeing in November, I think 18 and a half points a game, 56 from three, which is absurd on, on not a, a small amount of attempts either. Um, He's shooting 56% from three in November. Fifty-six percent from three in November. Well, it's getting great looks. I mean, that's part of it, right? I, I, of course, it's part of it. I mean, I was talking to a, a pro scout last night. Every single player that this pro scout was talking to on the Nuggets uh, organization in their team said that Joker makes their lives so much easier. You play your best basketball with Nikola Jokic. I haven't looked, but this pro scout mentioned uh, Will Barton having a down year in in Washington. Is there a correlation? Um, I'm not a scientist, but I, but I do think there is a correlation when Joker is just giving you easy looks. You can step in with confidence and shoot 56 from three, and I think like 65, 66 plus from the field overall from AG. It is absurd numbers, seven and a half rebounds a game. Like the dude is playing out of his mind and most importantly is he's playing within himself. He's not fighting this. He doesn't yeah. want to be the number two, the number three guy. He's cool being the number four because he's eating. He is killing in his role. And the fact that he's bought into that, I cannot tell you how pleased Michael Malone is with that. Yeah, I think he's, Michael Malone has mentioned a couple times uh, the idea that he's kind of letting the game come to him now rather than trying to make something happen. And when you play with somebody like Nikola Jokic, the game coming to you comes to you a lot easier, right? Because he is setting everything up. He's putting the wheels in motion where he's getting hockey assists and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it, it seems like right now, the way things are as constructed, it's really just perfect for him to thrive. And Burton, I want to pose this to you. Was this, when you were trying to, you know, you and AG's people were trying to sell this trade to him, was this optimal? Was this the ideal? Like, hey man, you're, you're going to be, in a different position, a different hierarchy than you were in Orlando. And this is why it's going to work because A, B, and C. I don't, I don't spend any time trying to sell trades, right? Oh, yeah. um, I, I would argue that, you know, to some extent the trades are n not in your control. So I don't know if I spent time on that versus, and that, Mike, you know this, I have friends in the Orlando organization versus, you know, I don't know if Orlando's good for you anymore, right? Like, it's just, you know, for, for Aaron, it was all he knew was Orlando, right? Got drafted when he's, actually, he got drafted when he was 18 years old, mm -hmm. right? Because he turns 19 in September. Um, so, he all he knew was Orlando. So, you know, that part of it was emotional and, and personal to him. I don't think I tried to, but, um, and having conversations with his agent, um, we we did talk about and identify Denver as the best situation for him. I mean, again, some insider track, uh, Houston was hot and heavy for AG. And, you know, coincidentally, they played the Rockets last night. And, you know, I said, like, just imagine him on this team. Like, this is, they are young and exciting, but not for AG, not for a guy who's 27 it's, years it's old. almost like an Orlando Redux. Right, right, exactly, right. And, 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 Mike, we actually said this, I said this out loud to his agent last night. This is like Orlando all over again, except these guys are maybe a little more exciting. Jalen Green and Porter are exciting. They might be good. Um, so it wasn't about selling him, but when he landed here, there was probably the day before he got traded, I was certain he was going to end up with the Nuggets just based on the conversations that were going on in back rooms. And I was excited about it. Like, you know, between Singer, you giving me insight, between Joker being so good, and I think I underestimated how good Jamal Murray is. I think I underestimated how good of a coach uh, Coach Malone is. But there was no selling. To answer your question, Mike, no selling, but excitement when he got here. We, I think anybody who objectively thinks about AG... And I had said this matrix, right? Like he had, but in order to be the matrix or be that type of player, you need 
Joker, which you know maybe he's the Nash of this team. He's definitely guys. the Nash, right? Right. Like you're talking you, you to a that. Phoenix fan, by the way. <laughs> right, but but you like you get what I'm saying. Guys mm-hmm. that set other guys up. Right. Ag was playing pseudo point in Orlando at times. That's not his position. No. So. Uh, th- again, to answer the question, no selling, just more excitement about the opportunity for a guy like him. And I think stars are starting to align. They're not fully there, but they're starting to align. I, as somebody who knows a lot of people around the league, i got to ask you this question. You can pass it if you want to. I'll try not to. All right. Um, what When a player is like, you're about to go to Denver, What what is the thought? there like oh no i gotta live in denver like is there any is there any sort of aura or inhibition maybe yeah it's something that that holds somebody back from wanting to come here i i I can't stand we're treating burton like a free agent right now Uh, but okay (laughs) i I can't help it i can't help i got an nba renaissance man here i'm gonna ask questions no so i'd answer that with no i think that guys i think there's like less than a handful maybe less than three cities that guys get excited about. And then every other city, if it's not their home city, every other city is, okay. I I don't know if there's a difference between Denver and Memphis for a guy like AG that's from San Jose, right? So like, no, I don't think there's any inhibition about Denver, the city. We were just talking about, Mike and I were just talking about Toronto. I don't think guys know how cool Toronto is. Oh, it's a fantastic city. Fantastic city, right? I think guys think about Miami, and get excited about Miami. I think guys, because they work out a lot in L.A., get excited about L.A. Um, and New York is New York, uh, even though the Knicks are a terrible organization. Um, Nets aren't much better either right now. Yeah. Um, so, no, I would answer that with no. I don't think... I, it definitely wasn't Aaron's inhibition. It was about... For Aaron, it was about fit. Does this fit right. what the next thing is for me? And I think he just didn't know. He just didn't know if it was. I, I'd even say this. I don't think he realized... I'll speak for Aaron on this one. I don't think he realized how good Joker is. Like, if you're not his teammate, I don't think you realize, wow, I'm wide open. You only see this guy twice a year. Right. You don't quite understand exactly what he does on a night-to-night basis. So, all right. um, When did your relationship start with Aaron? How did you get to know him? Um, 2019. I I met Aaron a few times. I I knew his brother for a long time. His brother participated in a high school All-American game that I created. Uh, in 2006, I created the game. 2007, his older brother Drew played in it. I've known Aaron for a long time, but really got close to him in 2019. The summer, fall of 2019, I helped do his sneaker deal with a Chinese company called 361. So he, myself, his sister, his agent, spent a lot of time on the phone together in New York brokering that deal. So we became close during that brokering. We became close the All-Star of 2020 when he participated in the dunk contest and we unveiled the shoe. And then he and I did an 11-part podcast together, shameless plug, in 2020-2021 called Aaron Gordon's Quest for Enlightenment. Still available on on Apple and all the podcast networks. That I mean, we don't do it anymore, but we did an 11-part. That's when we really got to know each other. Um, And, you know, we talk about everything outside of basketball as well. He, in fact, gets annoyed if we talk too much basketball. You know, just to jump in, can you summarize? And I realize that that was a non-basketball podcast, non-basketball conversations yeah, with yeah. Aaron Gordon. Can you speak to who he is off the court or what you learned about AG from that uh, from that series? Yeah, I, I, I would say he's, without being the old man in the room, like a typical millennial. Like, he's more than just a basketball player, right? Like, he's very zen, wants peace in his life, thinks about art a lot. You and I talked about this. He views himself as an artist in a lot of ways, on the court and off the court. You know, he paints a lot. Even on the court, he considers his basketball play to be artwork, not How just— How about that uh, oopie head last night? Yeah, yeah. That was I was hoping that was going to get him going. Like, I was ho- like, I literally just got to the game, like, right— right before he got that dunk, and then I turned to his agent and said, oh, I hope this gets him going. Joker admitted last night it was a bad pass. He was wide open. It was a great play by Malone. I said it out loud as it was developing. This is a great play. And then Joker overthrew it, but he caught it. Aaron caught it, and Aaron was... You know. It's not often Joker misses like that, yeah. but but AG can make up for it. Yeah, he, he's the one guy that on their team that can make up for it. So yeah, I'd say he's he's more than just a basketball player. And you know, again, shameless plug, but listen to the podcast. We talk about race, religion, politics. In fact, the the genesis of the podcast was right after we did the sneaker deal. He came to me and said, 
I'd like to do a podcast, but I'd like to do it. I don't want to talk about basketball. I actually want to talk about Eastern philosophy was the actual original uh, hypothesis of the podcast or premise of the podcast. And how it developed was pandemic hits. We're all going through a lot. Mental health became a, a hot topic. And I got a sponsor called Talkspace, which is a mental is a therapy, online therapy app, if you're not familiar. And I got them to give us X number of dollars to make the podcast. And then we shifted the conversation to race, religion, politics, because this is post-George Floyd's murder. You know, we're all talking about this stuff. So it, it ended up being that. Um, but again, like, he's very, he's more than one thing. It's the easiest way to say it. He's not just a basketball player. Um, I think... Even if he's coming into his own as a basketball player. Yeah, I, but I think that all goes together, right? Like, again, he spent a lot of time, and he meditates. He's literally, when he goes on vacation, swims in the ocean. Like, just checked his his IG out. There's pictures of him in the ocean, which I would never do. I'd be terrified. But you know, like, like, like goes out on a boat deep in the, in the ocean. Yeah, and yeah. Just like, takes a dip. You know, when he goes to Brazil, he'll swim in the ocean because he thinks it's therapeutic emotionally and mentally, not just physically. But I would say that, you know, he spent a lot of time this offseason focusing in, making that a priority, the mental part of the game, the, the focus part of the game. He, um, he was coming off kind of, I'd call it an up-and-down postseason. Um, right. right. He, the, the first few games did not go well. Right. Really did not go well in a way that was like sort of, you know, when it doesn't go well in the postseason. You, you get exposed. Yes. What happens and, in the postseason. And it's, 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 it's Twitter chatter. It's all over the place. People are talking about it. But he really responded at the end of that play. Four and five, he was great. I yes. Thought, right. Like, and against Golden State. Right. Yeah. Against Golden State. Game four and game five. Right. They lost. In Competed. The yeah. yeah. They lost the five. Which is really all you wanted to see was him compete because the first couple of games are like, what's going on here? Where's, where's this guy's head? Yeah, but that's what it was. I think I don't think he wasn't competing. I think he f- like refocused his energy, and I think he did that this off season. And it's translating. It's translating to on court stuff, right? It's, it doesn't feel forced anymore, right? I think you said uh, it, you know it's coming to him. It doesn't feel like a forced uh, effort on his end. Like I'm not gonna physically imp- overmatch you. I'm gonna play the game now. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think at any point? And this is for you, Mike. Um, at any point, does he get to to a place as a role player where he's maybe an all star or you know all defense or something like that? I think all defense is a lot more realistic um, than an all star, just because I mean it's loaded, and, and you know you're the third or fourth option on the number two team in the West. Like could be number one soon. I mean they've played be, a bunch of road could games, be, but that's a hard sell. Um, that's a hard sell to voters when it's so crammed. <laughs> Um, defensively, it's probably not going to happen this year. The Nuggets are 25th overall defensively. Um, a pretty jarring number. I think that they have the best defense in the NBA in wins, in the worst defense in the NBA in losses, which is a jarring statistic. I mean, how much of that is the schedule? Uh, the schedule to, you know, part of my French has kicked everyone's, you know what? I, I didn't go French on right. you, but it, it is it, it it's it's owned me. I got a little bit sick. I've caught everything that they the team has. Um, Ag was sick. Bones Highland is still dealing with stuff. Um, assistant coach David Adelman, he was out for a while. He told me he lost significant weight yesterday when I talked to him. Yikes. Like there was a, a bug going around this team. And when you play the fewest amount of home games in the NBA, I think last night was their seventh home game um, in the first twenty games. When you play that and you're traveling like they do, it's inevitable. It's flu season. COVID is still out there. And this team has been dealing with it in addition to other injuries. So when you kind of compile and look at all the hurdles that this team has had to go through to be 13-7 and right now. Second place. Second place in the West. Jamal's missed time. He's had COVID. Joker's had COVID. AG has been out. MPJ is out right now with a heel contusion. Bones has been in and out of the lineup. The only mainstay seemingly has been uh, Bruce Brown, um, who Michael Malone affectionately deemed Elmer's glue uh, last night. This It is pretty remarkable um, where this team is at, given those things I just mentioned. Um, Aaron Gordon has been, you know, and I wrote this in preseason when we were in San Diego. I said he is up, he's going to have a renaissance. He, he could have a renaissance season. I remember that was the lead of the story. Matt, if I remember correctly, you rolled your eyes at it. And uh, here we are. He's killing the game. Um, and this is what happens when you are accurately plugged into the role that 
you were designed you, why for the reason why you were traded for this is what happens you are seeing the fruits of, of that design so uh you go way back with the family uh because of his brother um i want give me your best aaron gordon story that you have that is uh at least pg-13 wow what what a question um Best Aaron Gordon story that I have. Um, God, I mean, <laughs> this goes back to like you know he's 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 more than one thing, and um, you know he's different in 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 a, in a positive way, but he's different. Uh, he was playing for Orlando. It was, we're not like fully in the pandemic, but we're in the pandemic. And he was playing for the Magic at the time. And we did, we just finished the podcast and we pack up and we're done and whatever. And he had told me, uh, hey, I, right after this podcast, I'm, I'm not going to be around for two weeks. I'm going to Brazil. Literally, like I'm packing this up. And, you know, he had a girlfriend at the time and he was like, you know, we're getting on a plane and I'm out of here. I'm like, okay, so we'll take a two-week... This is the first he's telling me of it. Okay, we'll take a two-week break from this podcast. Because we were doing it weekly at the time. And he goes to Brazil. And I get a call from... A, he was working. He was playing for the Magic. I get a call from someone from the Magic at the time. Uh, and this person says, asked me, uh, is Aaron in New York? And I was like, no. And he had posted something on his Instagram that... He had played in, you know, these like Chris Brickley like runs where, he, you know, LeBron and all those guys. And like 24 hour fitness. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, no, it's like called something else. It's called Black Ops or something like that. And he had posted him playing in this run. And they were doing these runs during the pandemic. And this person asked, like, I see a post that Aaron's in New York. And I, I don't even have Instagram, so I had to go online and check it out. He wasn't in New York. He just randomly like posted something <laughs> that made it feel like he was in New York, but he wasn't. Um, and I think, and if you look closely, he had a different haircut. Like uh, that was my explanation. No, I, I think that is like the epitome of who Aaron is, right? Like he's again just more than one person, artist, different type of person. That you know, <laughs> a little spacey with, with these type of things. <laughs> But that, but that's it. I, you know, I, the one of the best business things Aaron ever said to me. Business conversation I had with him was um, when I was explaining to him like the benefits of doing this sneaker deal with three six one. And Aaron and I kept using the phrase. I kept using the phrase, "Hey man, I'm not trying to sell you." And he's like, "Burton, you've said that phrase three times in like seven minutes. Anytime someone starts with, I'm not trying to sell you.'" They're probably trying to sell you. And I thought that was very astute. This was 2019. I was like, you're right. I'll stop saying that. So, you know, again, Aaron's many, many different things, many, many different parts to him, which, you know, I, I think a lot of NBA guys are. I think that's not just, I'm not saying this in a positive or negative way. I think it's not just one thing for these guys, just basketball. They, they do a lot of different things, especially Aaron. Well, I would think part of it is the free time. You actually have time to, to read a lot, to, to do things. Yeah, that... and he does. He does, And he paints. You know, I don't know if you guys know this. I know Singer knows this. Like, he paints a lot, you know, be, beyond the meditating. Like, he reads a lot. He paints a lot. He plays a lot of chess. Chess is his favorite game. So You guys play each other? He's exponentially better than me. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I'm you know, like, how the horse moves? Yes. I, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's called the knight, I believe. But yeah, yes. yeah. It's the, the horse. You, yeah. you, you, you know the moves? Of course, Singer would call it the horse, right? Like, and the castle, right? So, yes, I, I know all the, the rook. Moves. Yes. I got it right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, Aaron's a great dude. I love working with him. And um, I would say those are the two most telling things about the dude. Like, again, two different things. One's a little spacey and one's very business-oriented, smart about that. So, all right. I don't know if that was the inside joke. I mean, there's probably some R stuff I, <laughs> that we'll keep for another time, but yeah. That's, that's good enough for me. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we got a bunch of other topics to get to. You going to stay with us? Uh, yeah, Mike's my ride in life. Okay. So. <laughs> in life, in life. That yeah. is the right answer. Yeah. Mike's picking me up and dropping me off in that nice Honda Accord he's got. Oh, man. Beautiful, beautiful car. All right, we'll be back. And they're not a sponsor, by the way. 
The Nuggets Inc. podcast is presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. Avaca also offers dedicated channels for college athletics in Colorado, including CSU, DU, Northern Colorado, and Metro State. As one Twitter user aptly said, it's like the Netflix of Colorado sports. There are no contracts and subscribers can pause or cancel at any time. Sign up at avaca.tv. All right, we're back from our break. Uh, Jolly Ranchers all around, and uh, hopefully our thoughts are all in good place. Let's dig in on the Nuggets. So just just one last night... uh, Blew blew the Rockets off the court. I think. Yep. I'd, I'd say that. Yep. Um, Jamal Murray, eleven for 17, 31 points. He had like twenty one at halftime. I want to say yeah, twenty two at halftime. Twenty two at halftime, um, and uh, it seemed like back to being the offensive player that we we know and love. Your thoughts on what you saw last night? Yeah. Yes. Back to being the offensive player, but as soon as you try to you know, suggest that he's achieved any benchmarks. Uh, Jamal will spar with you when you question him. And he, he looks at me, he's like, like, come on, man. Like, I can score the ball. Like, don't be surprised. Don't, like, question my ability to score. So he has a season-high 31. His previous season-high was 24. The most significant aspect of last night's offensive explosion, in my opinion – the 11 of 17, because this dude was shooting only 43% from the field in, in November. He was inefficient, I think about 34 35% from three. This is not who Jamal is, and he was frustrated with himself. And I asked him last night, was the efficiency bugging you? And out of nowhere, he cites the Knicks game, which um, I believe was his, uh, I don't know if it was the, I think it was the last game before he entered health and safety it protocols. Was, it was. And he did not have his legs under him. Um, that being said, he knew off the top of his head, he goes, I was seven for 20. I was missing shots. I'm expected to make when I take those shots, I'm expected to make them. And that to me is an indication that Jamal has a higher standard for himself than he was playing. Yes. He's coming off of that ACL tear, but he also is coming off of a bout of COVID that, that knocked him on his butt for five days. He said he wasn't able to do anything. He did not have a Peloton like our guy, uh, Nikola Jokic. He said he gave back the Peloton after the Nuggets gave it to him during the, um, during the pandemic. So this dude's wind was not there. He finally gets it back after, after three games and he erupts last night, 11 for 17. And yet, Michael Malone says post game he has another level to get to. What does that level entail? I'm talking defense, talking rebounding, being able to take contact. And Michael Malone says he's not in game shape yet. Uh, optimal conditioning, um, which when all of those things come together, Malone says that he has all NBA potential. Now, as somebody who just saw the Nuggets for the first time, has been a has been a supporter of Jamal Murray and maybe more impressed with him um, than, or maybe more impressed with his game than you initially thought. What did you think of Jamal? And is Jamal an All NBA type player? Is that crazy talk, Burton? Mister NBA. Hold on, let's clarify. This is not the first time I've seen the Nuggets. This is the first in person, time in person, in person. Yes. Okay. Um, do I got to reframe the whole question, or can you no, handle no, I, that I, little I, caveat? I, I can handle the whole question. I think I can handle the whole question. Uh, I don't think Jamal Murray is going to make an All NBA team this year. I, I, I mean, I, it's just too inconsistent. And oh, he hasn't it's, even it's been an All Star this year. I mean, he hasn't been an All Star in his Ever. career. In his yet. career, and, and and mind you, I, I would say that's really hard too. You can be an excellent player, Mike Conley, right? Uh, Mike Bibby in his. Pete never made an all-star team. Like it's it's hard to make the all-star team because there's only 24 slots. And, and and I think and somebody in research can probably confirm this that you can make an all-NBA team and not make the all-star team. So uh, but he's not making an all-NBA team this year. Um not no disrespect to him at all. I think also, you know, it the inconsistency is what you mentioned coming off the ACL tear. It's it's COVID, it's a combination. This is his first season back. After 18 months. After 18 months, right? So I imagine that's really hard to be consistent. It, but I would I'd say this. Last night, withstanding, he was awesome last night. Awesome. And looked like Jamal Murray from the bubble last night. 
Um, How hard is that, that that Jamal Standers the bubble? We compare him to He was so good in that bubble. NBA right? history. That's bubble. when people got to know him. I mean, yeah, that, that yeah. was really the time when everybody was like, oh, who's this guy? And that also is what made people excited. AG gets traded, and oh, these guys are clicking. And remember the bubble, Jamal Murray and uh, Joker in that high pick and roll when Jamal's just nailing three after three after three. Against Utah, Cause, then cause against you're terrified. The you're terrified of Joker and all that. Like, it was all exciting, and that's what makes them exciting if all of the stars align. I, I would say that's the goal. The goal is April and May. Is this guy that Jamal Murray? Because that's how you win the championship. Whether he makes an all-NBA team or the all-star team doesn't really matter if... Matters for his contract. Sure, sure, right. Um, but, but good enough to be the number two on a championship team. I think so. I mean, Mike, you, you know, you're, you're more versed in this than I am. I, I would call myself a basketball head, but I would say yes. I would say yes to that. I think. Well, I think it it also depends on who are three and four and five in that equation. Yeah, for right? sure. They probably have the best starting five in the NBA. Right. So that's that's why he works as a number two is because your three is Michael Porter Jr., your four is AG, your five is fill in the blank with whoever KCP. it is on that night. KCP. Somebody, Bruce, Brown. Bruce Brown. Could be, yeah. It's, I mean, it could be anybody, right? Um, so at what point do we start seeing the consistency? What, how long is, I mean, they said, I think they said around Christmas, right? We're getting close to Christmas. It's a we month kinda. away. We just celebrated, uh, we just celebrated. I put Christmas up Christmas day. lights at the house over in Lincoln. In Park. that case, uh, Jamal's right around the corner. <laughs> Matt put up Christmas lights, guys. <laughs> All right. So, but to answer the question, what, what, what do you think? How, how long is it going to take? Yeah. I mean, you know, he was building and then COVID hit and then he was out. You know, and then he comes back for one game against the Pistons. He sits the next game, reconditioning against Oklahoma City. They win anyways in overtime. Crazy game. I think our guy AG had 30-plus in that game. Um, it, he's going to need to string games together. Uh, it was really funny. At the beginning of the season, Nikola Jokic said uh, that Jamal Murray was going to suck for the first 20 games. That is a quote. He's going to suck for the first 20 games. Maybe That's, slightly tongue-in-cheek? Um, no. Joker, <laughs> Joker keeps it a 1,000. And um, I asked Joker last night, you know, uh, were you surprised at all? You said he was going to suck for 20 games. Jamal erupted for 31 in just his 16th game back. And he goes, yeah, he's going to suck for a couple more, and then he's going to be all right. And it's just the, the, the tone and the trickle down that this dude has on the whole organization, he doesn't let you get a big head. He doesn't let you start feeling yourself. And it, it has an infectious... Um, impact on all these guys. You can't feel your. You cannot take yourself too seriously when Joker is the the captain of the ship, and all he does is crack jokes. You just can't. You you'll be ostracized. You brought up uh, the OKC game uh, over the weekend. Breakout star Vlatko Chanchar. Bill Simmons buying, tweeting buying stock. Tweeting about Vlatko. Didn't see that coming. Um, and you you wrote two different stories about Vlatko. Uh, it seems like you were buying stock as well. Are you suggesting we need a third or fourth? I don't know. We'll see what happens. If his play uh, demands it. Um, he was the sixth man last night. The sixth right. man. Granted, Bones Highland is you know still battling all kinds of flu bugs. Um, MPJ heel contusion. Uh, Vlatko Chanchar has earned some semblance of trust. And and I know you know the knocks on Blacko, he you know quote unquote unathletic, um, has gotten hurt all the time. A He's, bit mechanical, I would say. Yeah, that's a gr- that's a great word for him. It, it is mechanical, and he plays just like you know, not 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 a lot of improv basketball. Yeah. Um, but he is sound, a, a good defender. I mean, he might have played Shea Gilgis Alexander better than anybody has guarded Shea Gilgis in clutch. Well, what about that chase down block? The chase down block on John Wall. I asked Vlatko about that. And he goes, everybody keeps asking me about it. He's like, I don't know. He's like, pretty much I blacked out and I just blocked it. <laughs> and it Will, Will Ferrell at the debate lectern there. That's exactly what it was. Um, so Vlatko is just like, look, he's seizing his opportunity and, and good for him. Every time he's been healthy and he's gotten into a rhythm, it's yielded. He finally is, and he's taken advantage with Jeff Green out and all these forwards out, and who knows what's happening at backup five and whether Vlatko is making a case to play a little bit of backup five. Um, all that he is showing is that he's trustworthy. A- after four years in the NBA, he's trustworthy. And, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, I've had a lot of conversation with Vlatko um, off the record where 
he's just he, he's just biding his time. He's like, when is my time going to come? And you know, to his credit, he stayed ready and he's killed it when he's finally had the chance. Just sorry, you had something. Oh, I was going to ask ask is he Mike? Is he a rotational player in the playoffs? I don't think so. I mean, they are they go they go eight guys deep, and you have your starters, you have Bruce and Bones, and then you need a backup big. And is that Jeff Green? Is that Zeke? Is that DeAndre? Or is that Vlatko? I mean, it is, or is that Christian Brown? Or is that Davon Reed? Like that's a lot of guys yeah. who you need you play to play eight. You play eight, right? It's a nine. lot of guys you guys you need to jump. Um, you, can you bank on health? with Michael Porter Jr., there is a there is a question mark yeah. and a caveat and an asterisk every single time, you know, you, you worry about longevity or sustainability. So potentially Vlatko could be, but if nothing else, look, let's not even talk about the playoffs. He's just earning trust in the regular season, which hasn't happened. And, and this is, this is, honest to God, been the best week of basketball of his career. Um, yeah. and, and he's riding it, he, and good for him. How much do you think, um, we got two questions. One, how much do you think just hitting that half court shot like does something for him confidence wise and then two does he get another contract well he got a huge he got a significant contract i'm pretty sure he has a 3 year deal um this off season so he's got a runway i'm not worried about his contract status um what what do you say well what i mean by that does he get another contract where he's around and he's a part of this you know I don't I mean? know, but the Nuggets window is these three years, and maybe even maybe the fourth and fifth year. But let's see what happens in these three years. You know, I told Burton earlier today. I think that look, I'm going to embellish it. I said a 35 percent chance that they win a championship in the next three years, which is probably um, you know feeling my oats a little bit. I think that he. I think that the Nuggets. You know, let's maybe 25 to 30 percent chance of at minimum, getting to the finals in the next three years. I think that that is very much on the docket. It's and wide open this year. It's wide open this year, and is going to be a part of, of, of these best their best chances. Um, then what was your other question? What did you ask about? The, the half-court shot. Does that, what impact did it does have? Does that have, a, have an actual impact? It's funny because when it happened, you know, there was a part of me that was thinking, man, are people just going to pigeonhole him as this gimmick player, this guy who we put in with two seconds left, he hits a half-court shot, and that's my role in the NBA. And that's not a great pl- – I mean, yes, you feel it for a moment, but that's not a great place to be. Like, You want to have a more, a bigger foundation than just being the half-court guy. And and frankly, in my opinion, Vlaco has shown that he's more than that. He also happens to hit those at an uncanny rate. It's absurd watching him in, in practice. He probably hits 40 to 50% of them. I'm not playing like he, him and Bruce Brown go back and forth on these half court shooting competitions, but Vlaco's a, a heady player. You saw it in Slovenia. If you watch the, um, the FIBA world cup, like there's a reason why he and Luca work well together. Like he's a smart player um, and more athletic than you think he is. All right. So there's been a few other things that have happened with the rotation. Uh, obviously injuries are part of this. Um, Davon Reed is getting minutes over Christian Brown, which was not happening two weeks ago, now is. What changed? Man, I think that there is less of a safety net for... for I, I think it's a lot easier for Michael Malone to yank the rug out from under a rookie than it is for a guy who they actively went and signed. And that is the best explanation I can give. I think that there's some hesitancy to you know, roll out Christian Brown and, and give him all these minutes and, and completely drop the confidence of Davon when um, that was a guy they wanted to have in the postseason last year. They didn't because of his contract status. Well, part of the reason they wanted it because they had no depth. For point. sure, for sure, and that's and that's accurate. But um, Michael Malone trusts Davon. He knows that he can grow with Christian. And one thing that I've been extremely impressed with Christian about is that I was watching closely. Davon hit, a, I think, three or four three-pointers last night in, in the Rockets' win. And um, and timeout comes, and Christian Brown runs onto the court, and he's the first dude to greet the guys coming off the court. That is that is not that is not by coincidence. Like that is a. A, a guy who knows his place and is indifferent. He's not pouting. He's not saying, "Hey, man, what happened? Like, did I piss somebody off for the, over the past couple of weeks? How, how did I just lose some minutes? Like, this is a rookie. Like, w- w- you know, hard knocks in, it, for the NFL. I need a rookie knocks 
for the NBA. I want to see the, the ups and downs of what rookie life is like. Cause this, it's a roller coaster. It's like, you're going through this the first time you have zero expectations of what to expect. Like this is the, this is the coach's call. This is not your call. Even if you're, you're playing well, you, you don't get to say anything. And, and he's, he's, he's kept it together. And if you're one of those guys, you've played your whole life. You've never sat on the bench your entire life. Yeah, dude played 40 minutes in a championship game. Yeah, th- I mean, that that's every one of these guys is kind of like that, you know? And isn't that a testament to how deep this team is? You play 40 minutes in a championship game, you're an upperclassman when you get drafted, and you can kind of quasi-crack the rotation. Team's deep. Right, and about, that's that's with a bunch of injuries and all sorts of how things. How about Ish, too? We didn't give Ish any love. Oh, Ish Smith. 10-8 and eight last night. I love me some Ish Smith. He can make jump shots now. Can he? Are we sure about that? <laughs> what are you? What are you more, alluding to? More than a few years ago, I, I'm alluding to his shooting contents I once had with Ish that I won. We're, we're sitting next to a man that beat Ish Smith in a shooting contest. Man. I don't know what that says about your shooting or Ish's. I, I'm not. I, I want to figure that it out. Is Renaissance man uh, great enough? Can we, can we find a better term? <laughs> I think you called me a fixer earlier today. God, I'll oh, take wow. that too. About I'm not fixing things, singer. Like that's not really. I'm move, causing more problems. I know you are. Singer. You're always <laughs> causing things. problems. Yeah, you breaking. are. You move in the shadows, and when the light shines, stuff is broken. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're moving on from that. Uh, let Let's get to a new topic here. It's, it's all love here. Uh, one more rotation thing uh, I, I wanted to talk about. Uh, DeAndre Jordan did not play in one game, um, and we are seeing. Zeke Najee minutes. Now, part of that is because of injuries and all that, uh, but we are seeing him on the floor. Um, is this going to stick, or are we going to be saying, where art thou, Zeke, uh, all season? Yeah, in, in preseason, uh, Michael Malone said we have two backup fives. Um, he did not offer a depth chart. He did not say there's a hierarchy. He, he initially rode with DeAndre. Cool. Um, and, you know, they lose a couple, uh, and and the defense is getting gashed, and he says, you know what, we're going to try Zeke. And Zeke came off the bench last night, and Michael Malone said this in his post-game press conference. He told Zeke yesterday morning, Monday morning, he was like, Zeke, we're going to roll with DeAndre. Um, and to Zeke's credit, he you know didn't say anything cool. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to go to you later in the game is what he told him. Zeke comes in, I think he got 13 points. Um, you know, three or four rebounds, hit hit that buzzer beating three in the third quarter to end the third quarter. Like Zeke is ready. Um, and I don't know that it, he's ever going to supplant DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre is, and it's crazy to say, a fixture in the in the locker room because it's so early. But he is boys with um, Jeff Green, and he is he he's really ingratiated himself. I mean, we're talking to Vlatko um, the other day. You know, this is all NBA level Vlatko Chanchar in a press conference and a little scrum, and DeAndre Jordan walks by and he just starts chanting MVP. Like this is a guy who has really made inroads with this with this team, um, and Zeke is still trying to establish himself. This is a I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I think a former Defensive Player of the Year, yes. uh, DeAndre Jordan. Well, he. Uh, I think, he, I was. think he was. I think he might I think be right he there. was. So guy, we I, that I, I think there. that was I think that that's accurate. And um with Zeke, man, he's still trying to 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 establish himself and, and find his spot here. But Michael Malone gave him some time. They very much could be a back and forth platoon thing. I mean, we just talked about a playoff rotation, eight or nine. I'm not certain that either one of them is is on the right side of that cut line uh, if this was April. I'm, I'm not positive about that. And I don't know who backs up Joker in that case. Well, I, Joker's probably playing, what, 38 minutes anyway, right? Like, he's going to be playing a ton of minutes in those playoff cool. games. Cool. You know, those other 10 minutes, you don't want to be a minus 10. Right. You know, the, you don't want to put that onus or pressure on Joker. So, right. so um, I, I want to ask you this, uh, our NBA insider here. A guy like DeAndre, when when he was when he was signed, I was like, eh, "This guy isn't he done?" Right? All this, all this stuff. Be honest. All this, and and I think that there is a hidden value here with a guy like DeAndre. That um, it, it's the personality things that that Mike Singer here is t- touching on. Um, what, what what do you think? How, how much? How important is it for a championship team to have somebody like this, an old head, a guy that that he calls out defensive rotations, he calls out the offense's play as they're running it on the other side? I would argue DeAndre specifically is more important for the regular season than the playoffs or, or, or championship run. In in the sense, it's a long season. 
to keep guys together, motivated, be the old head uh, that you know a guy like Christian Brown can go to and you know talk to um, is more valuable than the playoffs or the a championship run for this specific team. This is a veteran team. That they, they when April and May come around, they don't need you know a old head. A veteran. It's about winning games at that point because Joker, Jamal, even AG is now a vet. Like AG's been in the league eight years. Um, KCP won a championship. I, I don't think they need him for that. I think they need him because this is a long six, seven months, and to keep the team glued together, you always need a vet. I thought Mike Miller when he was on Denver was really important to that team. I had this feeling last night when I was watching DeAndre. I was like, "Wow, this guy plays." I'm shocked. Um, that he's still in the league, but he has that value, right? He he has the, I mean, Kevin Love is producing for Cleveland, but it's a lot of like what Kevin Love does for them, right? He he's more valuable during the regular season to keep the team together. He'll obviously be in the rotation in April, May, and June, or April and May, depending on how far they go. But it's more like keep this team together, keep them focused, keep them keep and times keep things light, right? Saying MVP. Um, during a scrum is keeping things light. How many of those guys are in the NBA that are like, it's part personality, really, that's keeping them around? The, the, the fact that they are just good to have in a locker room. Uh, we saw one last night, Boban Marjanovic, walked out onto <laughs> right. the court at halftime. Right. Uh, Michael Malone walks out, throws his arm around Boban Marjanovic, and the two are walking together to uh, the Nuggets bench. People love Boban Marjanovic. Yeah, I I don't know how many. We'd have to probably spend some energy like searching it. But I just think Jeff Green falls into that role. Obviously, he plays more. I know he's injured now, but Danny Green falls into that kind of role. Um, I think my my guy Kemba might have gotten the job with Dallas because of that type of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think there are guys in the league that do that. I don't I don't know how many. It is no right. Ish Ish is Ish, a yeah. valuable. Uh, yeah. journeyman great. yeah and great great personality and great guys is, is the best yeah. to to a man everybody vouches for this dude so nuggets second place as we said before uh we're at what 13 road games am i am i right on that 13 road games they've played already this season i think seven at home now correct so <laughs> almost double road to home um kind of perfect position really to I be think, in. I think 19 of the next 27 games are at home. This is the Thank time. God. This is the time to make the <laughs> run, right? This is the time to to really establish... Oh, we, we got somebody That's blowing up. Uh, to really establish what you're going to be, right? This next month and a half. Yes, and it helps that, you know, the, the second half of the year, um, they're going to be healthy and they're going to be at home. Like they're about to be, they're going to go on a big run. They're going to go on a big run in January. And it's going to be like, that's when you really create your distance, create who you are as a team uh, and start to gel. And you don't want to peak too early, but this team, it's about to get easier. Um, This team is very proud of itself for getting to where they are uh, at this point. I mean, I mean, even without Michael Porter Jr., who's missed the past three games with this heel contusion, they've been good. There's a reason why nobody is, has been sweating this too much, although I will say it is a semi-curious injury, um, a heel contusion. Uh, I've asked Michael Malone specifically what his concern level was, and he did not give a timeline. He pretty much just said he'll come back when he feels healthy. Um, a little nebulous, a little precarious, a little unnerving. Don't love all that stuff. Um, given At least it's a, not the back, right? Like, I guess, I, I guess, but like... I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is an elite scorer, an elite shooter when he's healthy, but that's a that's a big but um, or a big win. And um, look, I'll just say, reading between the lines, I'm not expecting him back in the next game or two. And I don't know how long he, he I don't know how long this heel contusion is. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to sound, you know, big alarms or raise red flags, but it's like with this guy who has a, a scary injury history. Um, you you have a, a a little bit more of a higher lens when it's his injuries, you know, as opposed to other guys. You're like, okay, man, like show me that you can come back, and this is not significant, and I'll believe it when I see it. If you're winning games, though, like write it out, don't you think? Just let him get right all the way while you're still winning games. Six point five million dollar Bruce Brown holding it down. 
downtown what, Bruce Brown. What a deal that was. I in in when it happened, I remember thinking, wow, that's a pretty good price for him. That that's that that, that kind of contract, that's they did well to get him on that contract. And they can only pay him seven point seven five um if he opts out. They they cannot pay him a lot of money. Uh he's gonna get he I mean, it's a little crazy to say twice that, but he's in the, the twelve $14 million range with what he's doing right now. He just got his first career triple-double, um, you know, plays four positions, knows four positions, defends his butt off at four positions. Um, very proud of himself that he can play guard. I asked him yesterday um, about what do you think you, you how, how, in what, to what degree have you settled in Denver? He's like, a lot, man. My couch just got here. I got my place. I got my dogs. I'm doing things people didn't think I could do. And I said, Bruce, what does that mean? He goes, be a guard. I go, are you talking to Brooklyn? He goes, I'm talking to a lot of GMs who said I couldn't be a guard. This dude has the chip on his shoulder the size of a log. Think he's a little salty about that contract? I don't know if he's salty about it. I do think that he's salty that he didn't have more suitors, seemingly more suitors, because he lasted till the second day. Um, and so yeah, they picked him up after they picked up DeAndre. I, I think he, he's not wrong that Brooklyn used him wrong, right? Like they had him in the dunker spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's clearly a guard with guard skills. And but it's nice that he can be that, right? Yeah. Yeah. A a mutual friend. I I won't name names. A mutual friend of Singers and I, who uh, is a scout in the league. I won't mention teams either. Said he's the best defensive player on the team. I think that's fair. And 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 the most versatile. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I tend to lean towards AG because he's yeah, my guy, but, right? But I, but I can hear that contractually obligated to say that. Well, I, I think the thing about Bruce Brown is that um, again, one through five, like who, what, what position can he not? I, I don't think you want him guarding a five, right? But the Nets used him that way, and he it did not. You don't get want abused. him guarding Joel Embiid, but yes, no, yeah, yeah, right, right. And and the thing is, is that most NBA teams don't have a center that can punish you right, in the pain right. anyway. Right. There's so, only a handful of guys that can do that now. So, all right, uh, next topic. Mike Singer was hanging out with Stan Kroenke. Oh, that's my boy. Kicking it. Yeah, we were kicking it with Kroenke. What'd you talk about? Uh, you know, asked him if he wanted to come on the pod. He said he, he politely declined. <laughs> asked him if he scrubbed the Denver Post. He politely declined to answer. <laughs> you know, the, I'm just playing. Um, we I saw him yesterday um, prior to Nugget shoot around, and he's just walking around the facility, which obviously he owns, and is just kind of leveling with some of the um, some of the media personalities there. Myself was there. Uh, Vic Lombardi was there. He says he's an uh, avid listener of Altitude Radio. Shockingly, um, and I kind of asked him. I go, Stan, to what percentage of games? Um, do you pay attention to of the teams you own? Talking about the Rams, the Avs, and the Nuggets, he says. Arsenal. I didn't ask him about Arsenal. I just He I, also owns Arsenal. Yes. Uh, we, we've established his wealth. Um, and he says you can't watch them all, but you pay attention to them all. And, you know, we know the family ties uh, with, with the Broncos ownership group, the Walton group. Um, and he said uh, – you know, Thanksgiving was wasn't too crazy, but uh, Christmas is going to get a lot more interesting because I believe the Broncos are playing the Rams. Correct in L.A. and probably will be about I don't know three and ten, three and eleven. Will both teams point. be three and ten? Because <laughs> the Rams are not are not good this year. But um, you know, and I said, are you planning on coming to both games because the Rams play the Broncos and the Nuggets host the Phoenix Suns? And he goes, yeah, Josh and I will probably find a way to make it. Um, you know, stupid me, uh, private jets can get you places. Uh, curiously, he did not remember that, or he didn't know where the Christmas, the Nuggets Christmas game was. Um, he said, is that in Denver? Or is that in Phoenix? I said, oh, Stan, it's, it's in Denver. <laughs> um, a lot of things on his plate. I'm thinking a lot of things on his plate. And look, there's a pretty clear hierarchy in his mind. Um, I think the Rams is the baby and, um, they won their Super Bowl. The abs Arsenal fans wouldn't be. Happy to hear that. Uh, look, Arsenal was not a part of the conversation, so I don't want to. I don't want to guess where they are in the hierarchy. But obviously, he's high on the Avalanche. He's coming off the Stanley Cup, and then he's talking about the Nuggets, and he's like, "With no caveats, we can win a championship." That's what he said. With no caveats, well, that's this not team, a crazy thing to say. It's not a you crazy. You just gave him twenty five percent chance. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm crazy. I'm you know, 
me and Stan trying to get him on the podcast. Um, so yeah, he he's he he is enamored with how Jokic plays with with the kind of production that he that he puts up. He he said something to the effect in the OKC game. He was like, Jokic decided he wanted to win, and then he won. Like that's the the kind of control that Joker can dictate a game with. So. Um, Stan is very invested. He was he was dropping all kinds of stats. He was dropping stats on the Rams. He was dropping stats on the Nuggets. Like the dude is invested. Did not go to Sambor. Did not go to Sambor, but his son Josh did. Um, it's just funny, man. Sometimes you see Stan walking around the practice court and he's just getting his steps in, you know, letting you know he owns the place. Cool. W- was unaware. Thank you, Stan. Um, so if you're listening. Open invite in case you want to uh, rethink that any, invite. Any time you want, Stan, any place, you just tell us. We'll be there. So I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, let's see. What's up next for Denver? They're playing Houston again. Houston again. Sort of a weird situation doing that twice at home. No, we love that. We love the same It's team. also the, the new COVID travel stuff. They're tra- the NBA is... Realize you can save a lot of money doing it this oh, way. Oh, I didn't realize it's that a team and, and it's the team in the leagues realize you can just save money. The Nuggets just played two in Dallas. Correct. 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 It, it, this isn't. It just <coughs> would have been an anomaly three or four years ago. Right. Right. Pre-COVID. Yep. But um, they got Atlanta on Friday. They got New Orleans on Sunday. Um, then they are back for a game or two and the schedule really lightens up i think um december 10th ish in that area not that i've circled it and underscored it many times over all right and and like we said second place are you at all surprised that golden state is still where they're at i mean they're one game over 500 eighth in the west it's kind of weird right with them the sacramento kings um and new orleans is Right below Denver. I guess when you're Which built, one of those is real? Yeah, right. I guess, you know, doctor's orders uh, don't have one of your franchise players punch another franchise player uh, <laughs> yeah, they- <laughs> to start the season. Not a good omen for a preseason. Um, I, to be honest with you, I have not... I, my head has not been on a swivel um, around the West. I, I've been, you know, heavily invested, traveling a ton with this team, paying close attention, and kind of... Their story is their story is building and it's happening. Um, you can't ask for a better start. Thirteen and seven. I think last year they were only ten and ten through twenty games, which doesn't bode well for a playoff perform or playoff run. I think they ended up finishing the sixth seed last year. Correct. Thirteen and seven, number two seed in the West. What do you have to sweat? You got half your guys have been sick and yep. you're still here. And you got all those road games in your back pocket that you're you're they're gonna be coming. And you are let's see, let's see what they are. They're thirteen and seven. No, I'm saying at home. They're five and two at home. How important is home court for this team to win the West? Well, last year they set a franchise record for with twenty five road wins. So this is a team that can do it on the road. But it's yep. like, can you do it at home too? If you put those two things together, man, you can win the West. But they didn't win a uh, a road game in the playoffs. No, and I to me, uh, if just interject. their only win was at home. So yes. that's why I'm asking, like, how important is having that home court? It's important, but. You know, it's usually helpful to have your number two and number three players available too. Well, I, I would say it's important to Denver in this way. When you get games one and two at home and you can set a tone right off the bat, whereas, like, say the start of the Golden State series last year, the way that that they started. They got punked. Was it game one? Yes. I think they got smoked. Right. And that's like you're already on your back you know, foot at that point, you know? Yeah. And I think that for a team like Denver, you know, they have made a deep playoff run, but that was in the bubble. It's a little bit different. I think having home court would be big because you start at home one and two, and you can set the tone for the series. You can really get it going right off the You bat. want me to tell you the other thing that's lingering out there for the Nuggets? Last year's uh, coaching staff in the All-Star game was the Phoenix Suns. Can't do it again. Nuggets finished the two seed. The boys from Denver may be showing up in Salt Lake City. Would that be a first for Michael Malone? It would not. We were there in Charlotte. Correct. So Charlotte and Salt Lake City, two riveting towns (laughs) to host the All-Star Game. (laughs) Not that I'm jaded or salty. Sorry, Salt Lake. Just cut a stray there. Um, All right. Well, that was not a stray. That was intended. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. I think we've talked enough for today. Mike Singer, thank you for having us in your lovely 
South Denver home. Or wait, no, this isn't really South Denver. This is Englewood. Englewood. Always up to no good, I've been told about Englewood. It's lovely here. I don't know who's telling you that. We welcome anybody. (laughs) Anybody who wants to crash here, open door, but we won't tell you the address. We don't need any. Bert and Chawla, so happy to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Singer, thanks for letting me crash at your place. Yes. You'll you'll, uh, pay me. Does he have a bed? Did you at least give him a bed? I offered him an air mattress. He said, that messed my back up. So I said, all right, fine. You can have the bed. (laughs) We have an extra bed. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks a lot. Turn around. You're living in the shadow of someone else's dream.